Now, don't go away, because next on CBS Radio's Comedy Time are those two zany characters of many characters, Bob and Ray. From coast to coast, Bob Elliott and Ray Goulding are pleased to present the CBS Radio Network. I just picked up the earphones. I was going to listen to the show, but I don't think I will. No, I might as well just sit here and talk it. Sure, eh? We have uh, a good many things to discuss uh, with everyone, too. Uh, Mr. Flaherty is coming in for a report on uh, Dave, the great huge whale, Bob and Ray's whale, the one that is missing. And have our regular Wednesday uh, edition of Lawrence Fechtenberger. Is it's not going to every Wednesday, Bob, because well, I'm going to stop been. listening if that's the case. It has been. Uh, maybe we shouldn't have it a particular day, I or at least tell them ahead of time if you have a Oh, we'll be talking with some of the audience members. Thank you, Bob. Here comes Kirby Ayers, the CBS wandering accordionist who uh, goes about from offices and studios to keeping up morale. Let's turn our parabolic microphone toward Kirby and see if we can pick up some of that fine music. You know, I think... Heavy footage. Wonderful idea, though. It's a real morale builder. So long, Kirby, buddy. Watch the top step as you go on. Get in him. Did you hear what happened? He wandered in on uh, the second Mrs. Burton program. No. Day, and uh, they had to scrape them off the ceiling in there. there I heard he, he dropped in on uh, young Dr. Malone, too, while he was operating. What? A couple of weeks ago. Oh, and that oh. threw the, room, the operating room into complete consternation. Well, I think what they should do is probably paint lines on the floor to certain rooms and offices, and those are the only authorized doors that uh, he could open. Yeah, or footprints on the floor. Maybe, maybe. The footsteps on the porch. You remember that wonderful old song? I heard that this morning from my my own yeah, archives, yeah. and I... got the report ready. Oh, here, ladies and gentlemen, is Detective Gumshoe Flaherty, who is... Uh, in our employee, looking for Smelly Dave, the great whale that we've had out on its flat car trying to promote the show. What do you have to report? Uh, well, uh, I had a little trouble up there in uh, yeah. uh, Woods Hole, Massachusetts. Last time you called up, it sounded as if someone uh, grabbed you there in the phone. Well, it, it, it wasn't as bad as it sounded. Just uh, somebody wanted to use the phone, that's all. Yeah. And uh, that wasn't Dave that I saw. Not the it thing. wasn't. No. No, that was some and, other whale. And that was a wild goose chase. Well, <laughs> you want to mix your metaphors. Yeah. Well, now, what what is it metaphors. that uh, we can do for you today? Well, uh, I keep getting you guys mixed up. Are you Ray or Bob? I'm, I'm Bob. Bob. Well, now, look, uh, what I'd like to do is this. Uh, I'd like to uh, make up a sketch of uh, Dave uh, from your description you don't have a picture of him, do you? No, we don't. Unfortunately, he he, he left town uh, too fast for us to have photographs yeah. made. Well, uh, we could get, describe them to you. All right. Well, look, why don't you do that? Because I'm very handy with a uh, pen and pencil. What are you going to do? Send to the newspapers and stuff? Right. Uh -huh. uh, get this into the newspapers, and if anybody that wants to see him. All right. Now, tell me... Uh, um, well, first, you know what a flat car looks like. He was on this flat he's car. on a flat car, right. 
Okay. I mean, he'll look more at home there because he's been on that for three years. You know, his, uh, what, crushed ice around him? Yes. Now, how big was he? Well, he was about uh, nine feet uh, high, I would say. Nine feet high. And do uh, you remember what his fins looked like, Ray? I'm trying to think. Uh, or they were... Uh... Well, have you seen the uh, the new 1959 cars? Yeah, that's. Oh yeah, fins like that. Very much right like now. that. Okay. And then, uh, of course, his eyes were closed. Did he have a grin or a smile? He kind of half, kind of a wry smile. Kind of a wry smile. Okay. And uh, as I said, he's about 65. Was he? Uh, no, he wouldn't be spouting, would he? No, not at yeah. this point. Yeah, no. that's right. So there'll be no spouting. No. Now then, was there an aura about him? Somewhat, yes, I would think so. Well, I could indicate that with like wavy lines going up from yes. him, right? And then uh, around him on the boxcar, there was a great deal of bunting. Uh, red, white, and blue bunting, I assume. Yes. Right. And I think uh, our names. Uh, were prominent there. Red, white, and blue, budding. And your names again? Bob and Bob Ray. And Ray. Okay, well, look, I'll, uh, I'll go. What color was he? Kind of an off gray? Yes. Right. You don't need to do this in color, though. If you just make a black and white uh, sketch, it'd be good. Uh, okay, well, I'll go do this. Good. Then, uh, Can you have this for us tomorrow? Easy. Easy. Good. Right. Fine. So long. So long. I meant to ask, uh, Sylvester there, if he had uh, seen the new Columbia Stereophonic High Fidelity Portable Phonographs at his Columbia dealer. No, I hadn't. Uh, oh, you haven't done them? chasing this dead whale. Well, let us tell you about them. You okay. know, there's a selection of seven brand new ones, brand new portables in smart color combinations waiting for you. And within them, there's more quality, more features, and more styling than ever before. And uh, with this Columbia Stereophonic High Fidelity uh, Portable. You can play not only stereo records, which of course are a wonderful sound sensation, but you can play the uh, regular records too, and they seem to take on uh, new depth, new dimension uh, when you play them on the stereo. And it has a big console sound, uh, reproduced by Columbia Stereophonic High Fidelity Phonographs. So thrill to the excitement of Stereo One by Columbia, number one in the wonderful world of sound. And remember, too, that Columbia portables are economical. For instance, prices start at only $24.95. So be sure and see them at uh, your Columbia dealer today. Today, if our schedule had worked out uh, the way we wanted it to, uh, Dave would have been appearing for the folks in the Cleveland area where they uh, hear us on WGAR. What we have done since Dave uh, was uh, whale-napped is to substitute uh, on a small rental trailer, much smaller than the boxcar, the flat car, a, uh, a tuna fish. Well, this is the kind of a trailer that you can uh, attach to the rear of your uh, passenger automobile. Much cheaper, too. I wish we could do that with Dave. But anyway, uh, uh, Arthur Schrank, our whale reporter, is there at Cleveland now, outside the studios of WGAR, and I wonder if we can call him in, please. Come in, Arthur Schrank. This is Arthur Schrank speaking to you from Cleveland, Ohio, where in just a few moments, Mr. Carl George, the manager of... Hi, everybody! Hi, everybody. Arthur Schrank here in Cleveland. In just a few moments, Mr. Carl George, the manager of WGAR in Cleveland, will... Uh, 
take the cover off this 112-pound live tuna that uh, Bob and Ray are sending around in substitution for the missing uh, Dave, the whale. Uh, Mr. George uh, has a very small turnout here of friends and acquaintances who are anxiously awaiting uh, the festivities to begin. Ladies and gentlemen. Now, uh, that voice you just heard was... Ladies and gentlemen, if I may have your attention for just a moment. This won't take too long. I would like to introduce Smelly Dave's stand-in as you may have heard, uh, Dave has been uh, taken away by someone. Bob and Ray have been kind enough to send us a live 112-pound tuna fish to take the place of Dave. Right now, it's going to be my pleasure to unveil the tuna fish in its tank on the rear of uh, this trailer so that you may have a look at... A real Atlantic tuna fish. I know this doesn't live up to the prior publicity we've given Dave, um, but it is the best we can do. Are you ready, Mr. Frank? Well, sir, Mr. George is taking the cover off. And, and there you are. Oh, a wonderful reaction to this. Why? I know you are. And uh, Mr. George is delighted at, at uh, Cleveland. We want to thank all those who have made our visit at uh, WGAR so pleasant. And on this happy note, this is Arthur Shrank returning it to Bob and Ray. Thank you very much, Arthur Shrank, and our congratulations for a fine job of remote reporting. And our thanks to Mr. George and WGAR for good coverage. Uh, I don't, uh, I don't believe we've named the tuna. No, we haven't. Better get a wire we'll off to, uh, back before we need to even name it. I you guess. think so? I think so. Well, we hope so anyway. Let's get to our story now, huh? And now, chocolate cookies with white stuff in between them brings you another episode of Lawrence Fechtenberger, Interstellar Officer Candidate. When last we left Lawrence Fechtenberger and his sneering sidekick, Mug Mellish, they had been placed in their spaceship by the little people of Polaris, sent into an orbit one mile around the Earth. Now, it's a few hours later, as we join them in the cabin of the spaceship. Oh, Willis, fast approaching Earth. Yeah, we'll be, uh, we'll be within a mile of it pretty soon by these, uh, calculators. Yes. Their aim was accurate. We will miss the Earth by a mile and we'll orbit it. Have you been able to figure out on the charts just uh, what part of the Earth we'll be uh, orbiting? Well, uh, the nearest uh, part uh, to Earth uh, will be at Walpole, Massachusetts. Uh, uh, Ain't that where your parents live, Fechtenberger? That's right, Relish. I wonder what they're doing down there now. I don't know. Have you noticed I haven't been sneering so much in the past few hours? I was going to remark on that, Mellish. It makes me feel much better to know that 
finally stopped the scenario. Well, I'm still working on the radio. I hope we'll be able to contact the Space Academy. I know, I know they must have, uh, have practiced by now. We haven't heard from the little men of Polaris for many hours now. Uh, we're out of their reach now. You think so? Well, I wonder how we'll get down, if ever. Do we have much food left in the larder, Mug? Enough for about four days. Four days. So we've got to work fast. There's the earth. The mountains, the streams, the cities. That's Times Square. We're over New York City. Gone past just like that. Yeah. We must be heading towards Walpole, Massachusetts now. Meanwhile, at the Fechtenberger family home, just outside the center of Walpole, Massachusetts, Ma and Pa Fechtenberger. Dad? Yes, Dad. Ma? I think Lawrence and Ma could do over Walpole right about now. Yes, the paper said just about, about 757. 757. Well, let's go out on the front porch and see if we can see them as they All go right. by. And uh, you can't uh, let me take The commandant said they are emitting pulsating notes from their their, their little ship. Did he yeah. say anything about getting them down? No, he didn't mention that. Well, they'll figure look, out. Something. Look up there! I can see something glistening. There. Oh, there. Here. That's that must be it. There they go. Goodbye, son. Have a nice trip. There they go, off in the direction of Bangor, Maine. All so fast, wasn't it? So Fechtenberger and Mugmelish are now in orbit around the Earth, and it remains for the Commandant of the Space Academy to decide with his scientists how to get them down. Be sure to join us next time when we'll hear the Commandant say, We've got to build a huge magnet and attract them that way. In the next episode of Lawrence Fechtenberger, Interstellar Officer Candidate. Gee whiz, Lawrence and Mug. That's pretty exciting, isn't it? Ray, I'm down in the uh, studio audience with my portable microphone. Good. Have a good time, Bob. Just have a, a minute to uh, oh. say hello to one or two of the people here. Oh, it's part of the show. Hello. How are you? Fine, thank you. You stay over until tomorrow's program because we'll put you up at the Bob and Ray Hotel tonight. That's a flea bag. I'm ready. Oh, wait. Now, you get a, a very fine accommodations over there, and we would like to talk to you at greater length. Well, all right. Uh, That'll be that fine. Yeah. Will that include continental breakfast, too? Until uh, 9 o'clock. Wonderful. Wonderful. But now it is time to go. Till tomorrow. Thank you, Bob. Come on up on the stage. Okay. Uh, Until tomorrow, then, this is Ray Goulding reminding you all to write if you get work. I'll say goodnight from down here. Okay. Okay. Bob Elliott reminding you to hang by your thumbs.